0: Hello everyone and welcome to the, I actually wrote it down this time, the ninth episode of the New Adventures of K-Man and Spence, I almost said the The official adventures of K-Man and Spence, which I guess is also true, this is the official adventures, but these are the new adventures for this show. So again, welcome to the New Adventures of K-Man and Spence, I am Spencer Bennett, Spence in the title, that is K-Man, Kieran Collins to my left. Ahoy! ahoy indeed i guess we're both wearing sport hats today that's that's interesting
1: Go cubs.
0: cubs world series i got my seahawks beanie even though they got destroyed yesterday but the people listening to the show probably don't care about sports and that's totally fine but uh it was halloween this last week and then the week before that we uh we didn't do a show because college again i'm sorry yeah. i keep saying we won't skip a week and then we do anyway because we're just getting we just we just want to build up the hype and anticipation yeah for right, it, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's what's happening. Um, (laughs) But last week was Halloween, so we – I thought about doing, like, a Halloween special, but I didn't think we were, like, well-equipped enough to talk about horror comics because that's something that both of us have not really ventured into, and which is shocking for me because I'm such a huge Halloween fan, and I watch so many Halloween movies during during fall, so – definitely next year if we're still running which I fingers crossed we will we will do a big Halloween extravaganza about horror comics yeah I'm curious I guess I'm curious I've never I don't think I've ever gotten scared reading a comic book
1: so I'm curious if there's anything we can find that's like actually terrifying because I feel like without because you're reading at your own pace mm-hmm. maybe not but also with books there's some there's some creepy books out there for sure
0: yeah, I mean, I've never, I've read the hand, my fair share of Stephen King, and uh, I've never really been terrified reading it. They're creepy for sure. And like some of the things will like stick with you, but it's far different from a movie where you get like jolted, you know, when you're yeah, reading it, yeah. the atmosphere just kind of freaks you out. I have heard that the Hill House stuff is good, which coincidentally, is am mm-hmm. Stephen King's son. Um, and that's like his line in DC, but I have not read any to confirm it myself. So that'd probably be where I'd jump first. It seems to be like the easiest entry point, especially like I say, cause I've read his dad's work. So I'm sure there's some correlation between them in terms of style, but who knows? But again, we hope you had a safe and happy Halloween and you're excited for it to get a little colder. That's why I'm wearing this beanie to celebrate it getting colder. But we'll jump into what we were reading this week. That's not issues, just our normal random volumes of stuff. So, Kieran, you, of course, read some manga, as you always do. (laughs) Tell us about what you read this week.
1: Um, Okay, so we went to Barnes & Noble, and we did did another haul. Gotta love that Barnes & Noble deal. We are there so much. Yeah, 10% off everything, so um, get a dollar off for every comic book I buy, I think maybe $2, it might be, because manga is like 10 bucks, so it might be $8 I'm paying it's
0: or something. cheap, and even it's like the, the other stuff I got that's like colored, but still in the manga style, I got the discount, which was nice.
1: Yeah, oh, really? Okay, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it was, I mean, it, it was like, I, I I got uh, Summer Wars, which is this movie that I saw while I was in Japan, um, and it's the makers, I, I forget what movie they made after that, but they made, they're like, they're not Ghibli, but they're like Ghibli levels of quality, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the manga I'm reading is, it comes after the movie. It's like based on the movie and not the other way around. Um, but I looked it up and it had good reviews and it is very good. It's it's definitely like a movie tie-in. It has those properties to it, but I love the movie. Um, so I'm really enjoying it. I love the concept art, honestly. I'm kind of half looking at it for inspiration for tattoos really because um, it's like at that point when you buy a manga adaptation uh, or an anime adaptation into manga it's kind of like a concept art book at that point almost sure um, so there's 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 cool shit in there and it's King Cosma is one of the main characters in it and he is a badass and I just want to shout out King Cosma look him <laughs> up watch summer wars I mean I'd say watch it and then read it um, but yeah, fantastic. I mean, that's a
0: pretty awesome name, King Cosmo.
1: Isn't that cool? He's a yeah. fucking, he's, and he's like the ultimate, the whole, the whole premise of this thing is the world. It's kind of like Ready Player One, except I think it came before Ready Player One, because I think mm-hmm. this is 2009. Um, and it's like everything, the same, in the same way, everything is online. Um, it's less like pop culture-y and more just like people doing their own thing and stuff. It doesn't, it doesn't have as much of the brand IP tie-in and stuff. It's less, a bit less capitalist um there you go ready player one <laughs> exactly um but uh it's interesting cuz so king cosma is like in the fighting arenas he's the number one contender he's like the champion and he's this anthropomorphic rabbit who wears a red vest and has a pair of goggles on and's got like white rabbit ears shooting up and um eventually you find out what his real identity is in real life and it's a it's a cool enough reveal it's pretty predictable but it's a cool enough reveal
0: um but yeah All so for anthropomorphic animals yeah. So, Summer Wars is really
1: fun. I really, really like that. I really like the movie. I like the manga less, I guess, which is not not surprising just because I love the movie so much. So, I yeah. enjoy the manga more as a supplement to it rather than its own thing. Um, and then I started reading My Hero Academia also which is a very popular anime and manga. Yeah, I, I
0: mean they've had movies playing in, in theaters. When I used to work at AMC, there was like movies.
1: They did and they've done when I when I was in Japan, they had a live action My Hero Academia movie in theaters. Really? Yeah, it looked really trippy and weird. We almost went to see it, but um yeah, so it's a, it's huge. Like it's it's that and Demon Slayer the two biggest current IPs in in manga right now. Mm. Um, I obviously love Demon Slayer. I am halfway through the first volume of my hero, not feeling it as much as I as I was with with Demon Slayer. Um, it's very it's very much inspired by American comic books. I can tell that because it is kind of like it's like the premise of like everybody is a superhero. I think it's eighty percent of the population have superpowers, um, and then there's the other twenty percent. And the main character really wants to be a superhero, but he's in that twenty percent. Right? right, that's basically the premise of it. Um, and it's cool. I like that idea. I like the characters. I like all the usual stuff in manga. But I guess the thing that kind of throws me off is just how it's trying really hard to be like American comic books. But if I'm reading manga, I kind of want to read manga. I don't really want to read American comic books, sure. you know. Um, so I still still very much prefer Demon Slayer. I'm sorry if any of our uh, manga readers out there adamantly disagree with me but feel free to, to to let me know on twitter and prove me wrong by all means
0: yeah um i mean i i know my hero is just like huge so all of my like anime friends that i used to work with and whatnot like they all were big my hero fans so that is an interesting take for sure i think and maybe i'm i
1: what i wanted to do with this once i finish the first volume i'm gonna watch the episodes mm-hmm. um because that was kind of the, the the experiment I was doing here for Demon Slayer. I saw the anime before. Um, for everything else I've read in manga, I've seen the anime adaptation before. I've read the manga, so this is the one time when I've read the manga first. So we'll see how that goes. We'll see how that translates. Uh, um, but yeah, on the on the manga front. Oh wait, one more thing. Sorry, one more thing. Just to just to promote something. Um, because I want to. I I like this is something that I, I adamantly want people to buy so that they make more of them. Um, when I was in Japan, um, and I was at a really nice barbershop, um, with a whole kind of like prohibition jazz theme to it. It was a really memorable barbershop. Um, on the magazine rack, I found this manga that was called blue giant and I opened it up and was looking through it. And it was obviously all in Japanese, so I couldn't read it, but it was about this kid who wants to become the ultimate saxophone player, right? That's cool. He just, in his life, he just wants to be the ultimate saxophone musician. Um, so I looked it up as soon as I got back to my dorm and I saw that it was not translated in English anywhere and it likely wouldn't be. And so I was like, shit. And so then about two months ago, I check on Amazon. I didn't really check. It just like popped up on my screen. Somehow I saw came across it and they announced that they're doing a dub of it and it comes out tomorrow. Huh. Um, and it's the first, it's the first, I think it's an omnibus. I think they're releasing an omnibuses in the U S instead of like the individual books. Um, so I'm going to be picking up jazz manga tomorrow, which I'm there very, very excited about. Cause I have not been able to find any good jazz manga. I got to read kids in the block, but none of it's translated. That's the problem. There's so much IP in manga that should be ported over, but they just haven't. I've noticed that more and more the more I've gotten into manga. Um, but anyway, that was Kieran's manga corner of the week
0: <laughs> there you go i guess that's what we'll call this kieran's manga corner <laughs> yeah let's do it did you have anything else you were reading this week that you want to talk about
1: um that's a good question i oh yeah teenage Mutant ninja turtles that's the other thing um which i won't say too much about that because i want to make sure that you want to read that and i think you absolutely should read it because it's I really do. cool um i'm falling more and more in love with teenage Mutant ninja turtles recently i i pre-ordered the last ronin I watched the second movie, Secret of the Ooze, on Halloween. Um, I really like this first comic thing. It's just so cool because the first issue was truly independent, and the fact that it's become such a big property off of a venture that really just started with two guys, like, in a basement, essentially, and nobody was looking over their shoulders. They, they, they say in there – the book I have has little notes in the, in the margins and stuff, and it says um, – it says about like how when they were writing their thing, they're like, OK, we wanted to take the Frank Miller opening and then put some Jack Kirby um, splash pages in there and like that kind of thing. Right. And it, I mean, it comes across really great, it comes across really derivative. It's sort of a parody. Um, their origin story is literally derivative of Daredevil's origin story. But at the same time, just on the art level, it's really, really cool. Um, the Ninja Turtles. yeah, exactly. And see, it's, it's, it's the OG and the original art style is cool, especially because it's in black and white. So you can't actually tell the difference between Ninja Turtles unless they specifically say so, or based on their weapons or whatever they're carrying. Uh, cause you can't tell the color of the, of the, uh, masks, but it's good. It's really, really good. I'm excited for
0: you to read it and we'll talk about it some more. Yeah, um, I'm excited and that was, that was Kieran's Ninja Turtle Corner for the week. There <laughs> was a the Ninja Turtles. well. This week, not technically this week, the last two weeks we had off, I, uh, I saw an ad for the Batman White Knight Presents Harley Quinn in, in an issue, I don't remember which one it was, and I was like, that looks fun, and I like Harley Quinn, so me on an impulse bought both the original White Knight graphic novel and the sequel, Curse of the White Knight, and uh, they are really, really cool. Um, probably the most ambitious comic like story I've read in a while it kind of reminded me of frank miller's dark Knight returns in terms of how it kind of goes into politics but and it kind of goes into like ideology and philosophy and all that kind of crap but the first in the dark Knight returns it kind of satirizes it and it kind of makes fun of it like the news anchors like that it always cuts to after batman does something are kind of like and the batman strikes again like it's kind of like a joke versus Mm -hmm. like in the white Knight, like it's a really like great political thriller if you aren't familiar with with sean murphy's like they call it the Murphy verse now, but originally it was just the first black label thing. And it was called Batman white knight in theory. And like the idea is that the Joker come like becomes sane. Like they find like a miracle medicine that turns him sane. And he runs for office and like basically tries to prove to Gotham that Batman's the problem and not the supervillains. And it's, he's right. Like, especially the Batman in this universe, I won't go into why or spoil anything for you, but like, it's great. The first white knight I was like blown away. it is pretty dense for a comic book just because it really reaches for a lot of like interesting ideas so it's not like my favorite comic because it's just not very comic-y it's just super ambitious it's kind of like reading a book with pictures and more less of them like a comic normally is um but that was great and it ends really cool and i love that world um, it's also, you can tell that this guy really loves Tim Burton's Batman, which I really love Tim Burton's Batman because there's tons of references to it. I mean, Joker's name in the book is Jack Napier, which is his name oh, in Tim cool. Burton's movie. Cool. Um, so I, I kind of just think of like this guy just basically is trying to continue that universe. It's definitely different for sure and takes from different things, but it's really fun. And then the sequel is cool and they bring in Asriel, which I know you're not familiar with like at all. No, I, I, I played the the Batman games. Okay. I yeah, Okay. Gotcha. I just remember when I bought it, you didn't recognize uh, what he looked like, but that's neither here nor there. Okay. That's cool I, only, I know. only know his Arkham design, I guess. That's cool that you know who he is. Then. Okay. I won't have to explain that, but uh, it's cool. It's It stays political. In the beginning, I thought it was like, oh, they're kind of abandoning politics and gonna go full action hero. And then they do something with Asriel and like the story and the history of like the Waynes and moving to Gotham. And I was like, oh no, this is still really cool. And this writer is still really cool. Um, and that ends really interestingly and then if I read the first issue of Harley Quinn White Knight, which is like the third installment in this universe, and I thought it was great. They bring back the villain of Batman White Knight. It's not the Joker, and I won't talk about it because you got to read White Knight, Karen. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I wouldn't want to spoil it for anyone who hasn't read them because I think they're really great and worth reading, especially if you're like into really like, it kind of feels more cinematic than anything I've read in terms of like the story and what they go for, it. but um, they bring back the original villain of white knight and at least they imply that it, it's them and um harley quinn's kind of taking the lead on it because batman and joker are unable to help and i won't explain why but they are and harley quinn's kind of the protagonist and that's really cool and harley quinn in this universe is like rehabilitated and is fully just like normal that's cool. um it's cool that they kind of like paint it in a way like these aren't just like these big larger than life caricature super villains like they are people yeah. Um, and they, they show really cool with the Joker, like a really big, cool duality between the. and I'm fascinated constantly, to see what like, sane Joker is like. With what? I'm fascinated to see what sane Joker will be like. Kind of like Harvey Dent, um, in um, a way. It's, he's really great. It's really, really great. You definitely need to read it. But I read that. So check out weekly reviews now of the Harley Quinn White Knight series, even though I just gave my quick thoughts on the first issue. Not a whole lot happens. Um. Harley has kids, which is really sweet. There's there's a great line with the hyenas where she's like, my babies. And they're like, your kids." She's like, those are my kids. These are my babies. And she's talking about the hyenas. And I was like, that's so Harley Quinn. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, it's really, really fun. I highly recommend, if you haven't read that series, to get into it. And I also really recommend the first issue of Harley Quinn White Knight. But another thing Wait, quick, I read. Quick that, question on oh, that. Yes, go ahead.
1: Um, for, for listeners at home, because I'm curious, uh, if you – if you didn't want to read all of the White Knight backlog and you just wanted to read Harley Quinn and White Knight, for example, if you want to just catch up, is it, do you you think you have to know what happened in previous issues? Do you think it's, it's a part one, part two, part three situation, or do you think it works standalone too?
0: Um, I would say you need to read White Knight for sure, just to understand the universe and kind of how everything works because Bruce Wayne's kind of a different character in this. And a lot of them are, a lot different than other renditions you've seen. Mm-hmm. Curse of the White Knight so far isn't playing too much into Harley Quinn except for just the, what happens to Joker in that, but that can be you can just they have a panel where they kind of show what happens to Joker in that. Um, so I would say just out of like recommendation, I would say like definitely pick up White Knight. It's like $15 paperback on Amazon because it's been out forever. Mm-hmm. So I would, I, that's what I did. It came in in two days and I blew through in a day because i just forget i don't i sit down and i curl up and i read things like just i get through the whole thing i just don't like pausing the story which is why i famously don't like television for those who've never heard me talking about tv i just can't do uh i don't like long drawn out stories i like to just get it all in one punch but Thank yeah you. the white knight series is cool sean murphy cool dude very into it and uh you'll hear my ongoing thoughts of harley quinn white knight but uh, back to the manga corner, funny enough, this is... Uh, Ooh. I'm a big fan of Tim Burton's the Nightmare Before Christmas, and we're kind of in that transitional period between Halloween and Christmas, and so I've been reading this manga here, which I'm showing on the camera if you're listening. That which, art is so cool, dude. It is really cool. It is by the American company Tokyo Pop, which makes kind of like American IP manga, which is really cool, and I'm interested to work for them if they're listening. I would love huh. to, to be something in your company. I thought it was a really cool idea, but... Um, it's called Zero's Journey, and it's actually the only Tim Burton-approved spinoff slash sequel to The Nightmare Before Christmas, and it's about Jack creates this device. He's trying to create this device because he's Jack. He's a sciency guy that can transport into the different Halloween towns, and he throws a bone for Zero, and Zero accidentally flies through the portal, and Jack doesn't know where he is and Zero ends up in Christmastown. It's about Zero just being lost in Christmastown. And what's really great, this is book four, I, I picked up the first two books from our local comic store, and I read them in like two days. I like i like reading them at night when it's like mm-hmm. very Christmassy. I light my candle, and it's, it's very pleasant in my room. That and, sounds nice. um, I finished the first two books in like two days, and then I looked at Barnes & Noble because I knew the comic store only had the first two volumes, um, which is fine. Shout out to Pop Comics, but I looked at Barnes Noble, and luckily enough, the orange Barnes Noble store only had three and four.
1: Oh, wow. worked out Perfectly,
0: yeah. And I went right. there for like 30 minutes searching for it because love Barnes Noble, but a lot of times shit's out of order. <laughs> Just because people pick and look at things and put them back, and that's fine. It happens. Every store is like that. So I, I spent a while looking for it, but I found three and four, and I finished three last night and about to start book four. But it's great, especially if you like The night Before Christmas and you like Tim Burton's art. They – they kind of make it a little more anime, which is awesome. I don't want to actually flip this because I haven't read this one yet. But um, there's a really cool panel where it's like Lock, Shock, and Barrel, and they're really excited, and they get the big anime eyes, and it's really oh, just totally. like cool art. Um, let me see. I, can I love Barrel. Yeah, I was gonna say you you would love how exciting this is. It? Look at here. He says, yeah. like, Santa says, is this why you guys like toys so much? And then they get <laughs> anime eyes. That's um, so great. Yeah, it's a really, really sick series. I, I, there he is. There's Kieran's little barrel keychain. Um, but I really recommend it, especially if you're into um, Christmas and, and Halloween stuff, specifically Tim Burton. But, yeah, it's really a lot of fun. And it's cool just to see, like, a Western manga. And it's colored. And I know they're selling, like, the, collect, the full, like, omnibus as, like, a paperback. Uh-huh. black and white manga which i might pick up just for the heck of it but i've really enjoyed reading these colored uh editions so you said
1: wait so it's it's american or it's japanese like the people the creative team
0: um the artist is japanese but it's written by a guy named dj milky who i'm just gonna oh, go okay. ahead and assume is american DJ and w- it, tokyo pop is like located here Okay. Um, and it's an american ip but and i think it, it's just it, a really cool concept it they do it left or left to right it's fully like backwards it's oh anime. cool okay it's manga. Very i mean um good. it's really awesome it's really, really cool. I really recommend it. But anyways, what's really cool about it is Zero doesn't talk. So a majority of these pages are fully just visual storytelling, and that's awesome.
1: Mm-hmm. It's like
0: you're just looking at images, and I kind of enjoy It's like a puzzle, like piecing together the story. You're like, oh, and now he's going here and this. And they have, like, little sound effects where it be, like, arf or, like, crack or step, jump. Like, it's kind of fun reading. Yeah. It. And what's really cool is it's ambitious is that they do, like, musical scenes because the first movie is fully a musical. So like you can tell when it goes into a sing song because like a character will say something and then all of a sudden the font will like become italicized and everything will start rhyming and you can kind of like piece together the melody. I'm a musician, so like it's fun piecing together the melody, like while reading the lines and seeing the characters dancing, and it's like this feels you should, like you a should. sequel to Night. Feels like a TV special, like spinoff of Nightmare Before Christmas. You
1: should write your own rendition. You should write your own your own uh, music to it. That would be sweet.
0: But yeah, Tokyo okay. Pop, if you're listening, I would uh. I would love to work for you guys and they work with disney all the time they have a jack sparrow ongoing series currently that i'm thinking about reading about like teenage Um, jack sparrow like it's that that
1: company please hire spencer bennett and whatever band he has in the future uh, (laughs) including citrus club or anything that comes afterwards to record the original soundtrack for zero's journey there
0: we go but yeah big big fan of zero's journey you'll probably get my uh my full series review when i finish book four probably tonight if we're being completely honest but Yeah, Zero's Journey is really cool. If you like Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas, sorry that my audio keeps shifting up. My mic stand will not stay in place. All good. Yeah. All right. We will jump into the movie and TV news today. Um, not a whole lot. Kind of a lot of uh, a lot of conjecture, and he said he said she said. But um, the first news that happened a couple weeks ago was that it was confirmed that Joe Manganiello who played Deathstroke for two seconds in a post-credit scene of Justice League and was supposed to be in Ben Affleck's solo Batman film, is returning for reshoots on Zack Snyder's Justice League. So I don't really have too much thoughts on that. We saw him for five seconds. I liked that he had the blonde hair and was very comic book accurate looking. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Joe Manganiello is like physically imposing enough to really like toe-to-toe with Ben Affleck which is cool um I think that was something that was always kind of funny when they were casting villains for his Batman was that Ben Affleck's Batman is just so big um, like even Jared Leto's Joker is kind of buff because just Batfleck would literally just like kill people like he's just huge like, if he punched you like you would get serious damage because he's just a big dude so that was huge, yeah Yeah. so I, I always thought that was at least physically well cast for Deathstroke um I don't know what are your thoughts. I'm I'm excited to see what they bring back with them. It seems like everyone from the Snyderverse is kind of coming back for one last hurrah. Yeah,
1: no, I think it's I think it's cool because I
0: I, I I'm I'm going to argue it's not even a one last hurrah because if
1: you consider I hope not. I yeah, sincerely hope not. If you consider what the post credit scene was in Justice League and like the the roster we have now um in our in our DC universe uh you could compile a a, a team the 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 Injustice League or the uh, Masters the Masters of Evil of Marvel. I forget what the other name is. Um uh, the Legion of Doom. Legion of Doom. That's the one. Um, you could you could do that with Jesse Eisenberg Lex. Well, that was um, the
0: famously the post credit scene.
1: Yeah, exactly. And Jared Jared Leto Joker because he's in this movie now too. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Deathstroke, Black Manta, um, possibly. I forget what the dude's name is, but the actually, the Dr. Savannah was his name, I think, or I think Dr. I mean, Savannah. Yeah, that's the guy from Shazam, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but now we have Mr. Uh, what do you remember that one? I can't remember that. The Caterpillar guy. Mr. Mind? Is it Mr. Mind? That's right. You get Mr. Mind on the on the Injustice League or the you Master. Know, I would be all in throwing Cheetah in there, depending on what oh, happens at yeah. the end of Wonder Woman yeah, i yeah, before. Right. I mean, You're Cheetah's a pretty right.
0: famous member of the. Yeah
1: because I forgot, because it hasn't even come out yet, but yeah, no, you're you're right. There's Anyway, there's opportunity there, Um, and we actually have that. Unlike last time Justice League came out, um, we didn't really have that as much of a rogues gallery assembled, but now we do. So that could be the capacity. I also do like, though, we were talking about this just before the show, kind of adding on to what we were saying about Jared Leto last week, uh, or however many weeks ago we last recorded. Did we record? Yeah, we recorded last week. Um... If, he, if they do a flashback and they show more of Robin and mm-hmm. the Joker killing Robin or whatever that situation was, maybe there's also that, that prevalent theory that's been going ever since Batman vs. Superman that um, Joker is Robin.
0: You know that one? Yeah, um, I remember that. Yeah. Uh, it could
1: be. I mean, it could be any of that stuff, but um, that's cool. I like that too, but I, I would also like them all to join the, uh, the Legion of Doom or maybe both that'd be cool too. But Deathstroke, it's kind of a bummer that I, I do as much as the batting looks incredible and all that kind of stuff. It is a bummer that that Ben Affleck movie with Deathstroke as the villain never happened because that would have been yeah. so, as hell.
0: I mean, there's tons of internet rumor that Ben Affleck is going to do an HBO Max series, whatever. Um, I would watch that if that happens. Uh, I, there's really no proof that that is in the cards, but a lot of, big DC YouTubers and subreddits swear that this is happening. So I'll believe it when I see it and I want it to happen. That would be awesome. I would watch that religiously. I love Ben Affleck as Batman. Um, So we'll see, maybe we will eventually get that story. But um, our second news story was similar, even a news story. Tom Holland posted a photo basically commencing that Spider-Man 3 production has started. Um, And he was wearing a mask, which begged the question, are they gonna, is COVID-19 gonna take, be like part of this world? Was it kind of just a promotional stunt? Um, I think it was probably just like a a motivational thing. Um, Spider-Man can wear a mask. You can too. It's kind of like how in all the DC issues, they have a big splash page in the middle. That's like either social distance or heroes wear a mask. I think it's probably something like that. Also, like he might have been between takes and actually had to wear a mask per like the regulations for sets to be going on in America. I'm not entirely sure, but I don't think that they would make a movie that COVID 19 would be a part of that universe. I think that'd be really lame. Like, I know Michael Bay just released a trailer for a pandemic movie, and I'm like,
1: I don't. Yeah. No one, life
0: is so not, it is bleak to an extent with COVID 19. Like, no one wants to go and have their escapism be entirely centralized around the same thing that's plaguing our normal life. That's the point of movies is to not to escape from regular yep. life for a while. So I, I hope that's not the case. And I don't think it is. I think it was just a promotional thing. But even, what do you even, think, Karen? I mean, even adding
1: on to that, in the Marvel Universe, like as it currently stands, that would really be putting them through the ringer. They just had the Infinity War debacle where fifty percent of the U of the entire <laughs> world population is eliminated. I totally right? think about that. They come back. And then we have the COVID nineteen pandemic. That would suck.
0: We don't want to do Iron that. Iron Man died for nothing.
1: Yeah. That, imagine. Imagine if it just like started back up and again, it was like, it was like, oh, see, we thought the cap, old man Cap was going to survive, but he was in the danger zone. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: it's so, terrible. Or he's, or he's president now. Really, that's the more realistic thing. <laughs> that
0: would be. The, yeah, that's true. Joe Biden does look like old man
1: Cap. He looks exactly like old man yeah.
0: Cap. Um, anyways.
1: Yeah. So let's not let's not do that to them. They've they've yeah. suffered enough. <laughs> Also, along that line, though, right, if you actually, now, now that, not, not that this is any sort of accomplishment or badge of honor of any sort, right, but now that we have experienced a global pandemic, could you imagine how catastrophic the snap in Infinity War would be? That was oh. five years of 50% of the world just instantly gone. I mean, it wouldn't be great. It would be crazy because, like, yeah. I mean, COVID is awful, and COVID is like one or two percent of the population, right? This is fifty percent of the population. What do they that call
0: it in it's... Homecoming or in Far From Home? The the blip or like the, the blip. The that's right. Yeah, yeah. Kind of a stupid name, but it made it kind of funny. It, it was yeah. supposed to sound stupid, I think. Mm-hmm. But anyways, yes, COVID nineteen hitting the Marvel universe would be not good. It wouldn't be a fun story to tell. And also, as you just pointed out so elegantly, that would big suck if you lived in that world. Yeah. Um. Okay. Let's jump into our third story, which. Again, is conjecture, but has, seems to have some backing based on what we know about the Flash movie going on right now. Uh, Brandon Routh is, is kind of substantially teasing that he's going to play Superman in it. As I've said since the beginning of, of the Flash news, Flash casting news, um, you have two legacy Hollywood characters in, in Batman and Superman, mainly Batman, but Superman too has had his fair share of movies. Um, why not? I know there was a crazy rumor that Nick Cage might be in, uh, in The Flash, and that would be an awesome fan reference. I don't know if they would do that, because how many people would actually get it? Like, the hardcore nerds would be like, oh, but, like, normal people would be like, why the hell is Benjamin Gates from National Treasure in the I think, Superman
1: suit? I think that we should have Nick Cage Superman and mm-hmm. also Brandon Fraser Superman. <laughs> All the potential castings. That would be great. Who was, I, sp-
0: someone was supposed to play him in the George Miller Justice League movie. I don't remember who.
1: I remember. Um, I well, I know Adam Brody was supposed to be the Flash. The Flash, which a really cool Yeah, that would be sick. And in the Flash movie, we'd Adam Brody as the Flash. He is in the DCU already,
0: so they could. Captain
1: Marvel Jr. They could absolutely fly that. I don't think. I don't think Adam's that busy these
0: days. so. So I mean, that would be insane. He's a little too old for it now, but that would be crazy good casting at the time. That movie would have been really cool. Army Hammer was Batman too. Oh fuck yeah, that was that was
1: one of my like like when I heard I didn't know about it at the time at all, mm-hmm. but when I heard about that years later, that's that's absolutely on my list of the stuff that should have been made. That would have been um, sick. I'm so sad that was never made. And it's too yeah. late now. It's absolutely too late. But that would have been so
0: cool. Would've been really cool. You said Army Hammer is Batman though. He was gonna be Batman and George Miller's just League like, mortal. I think they would have yeah. dyed his hair, you think they would have had blonde Batman. Probably blonde. They
1: had blonde James Bond around that time. And that was a big deal. Mm-hmm. So like Daniel Craig was the first blonde bond. Yeah. So they, they do it. I could see them doing that.
0: I mean, Army Hammer looks like a superhero. The fact that no, none of the big studios have utilized him yet is, is crazy, but he's kind of such rumored for everything. So mm-hmm. I still think he' um, a good Green Lantern, but
1: one, one thing I find kind of funny about that, right. Just popping my head. Isn't it so strange how like DC and Marvel always need to be competing and doing the same thing. Because they're now both doing multiverse. Whereas before before it was, like, nobody was doing multiverse. Before it was everybody's just doing connected universe. No multiverse stuff, right? But now they're both doing multiverse. And, like, we're getting at the same time news of, like, all the spider man joining uh, the Doctor Strange movie. Or the Spider-Man movie. don't even know which one. Um, And now, like, all of them are also joining the Flash movie. So you're just going to have, at the same time coming out, like, into the into the Flashverse and into the Strangeverse or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. That's not their actual titles. I know their actual titles, but I'm choosing not to, to say their actual titles. So <laughs> need to get that. Um, but yeah, it's, just, it's it's just funny. They can't get out of each other's asses. No, can't. and I
0: mean that is pretty much a direct reflection of that. The comics are usually doing similar things, similar times, because a lot of creator crossover and just they arc they don't really in terms of like comic books like i don't really think the rivalry is that big it's definitely like more of a movie thing Mm -hmm. um but like the comics have all ebbed and flowed and done the same thing over and over again so it's uh interesting that that they all are kind of lining up with movies too but yeah brennan routh if he comes back to play superman that'd be cool he's not my favorite Superman. he definitely um is is good in superman returns i just think it's kind of uh it's like miles or what's his name it's like donald glover playing lando and solo where it's kind of like yeah he's doing a billy d impression and brandon routh was doing a christopher reeve impression he was good but it wasn't henry cavill i think is an entirely new portrayal of that character which i like better Mm -hmm. but um you know if brandon routh was in a couple scenes cool if he was a crisis that'd be cool too
1: Um, yeah yeah the other thing i'd say he was already in the cw crisis exactly it's a little bit to me like i mean there's considering the options we just gave there right of all those other cameos you could have mm-hmm. it wouldn't be top of my list like it's cool i'm obviously not against it i do like brandon ruth a lot but there's a lot of options that they could go with um that wouldn't exactly be top of my list but maybe maybe it's gonna be an end game situation and it's just gonna be a clusterfuck of everybody
0: being there that it would be so funny super if down, all maybe. the Superman, all the batman team up to fight reverse flash at the end of this movie that would be would really be cool sick that would be really really cool. Yeah. All right, well, uh, what
1: were you saying? I, I'm saying in continuity, I think that would make sense. I think that lines up with the Flash's powers. Yeah, they could do it. Yeah.
0: Just yeah, literally at one explain point, everything, point,
1: Speed Force. At one, Yeah, at one point in the show, which, like, the show started off as a CW show, so no one ever thought it was going to get too comic y In one of the seasons, he literally takes down the villain by creating a reverb version of himself. <laughs> yeah, and in the next season, I'm going to, spoilers for the Flash, I'm sorry. I also know Spencer's never going to watch it. I, I, I wouldn't really recommend it to you anyway. Um, it's great, but I wouldn't recommend it to you. Um, he, but in, in the following season, after he makes that reverb flash, um, you don't know who the villain is the whole season. Then at the end of the season, they're like, the villain was the reverb flash you created, and he lived, and he became the villain. And I was like, you know what? It's stupid, but it's so comic booky that <laughs> <laughs> I, I can buy it. I can buy yeah, it. Yeah, so they can totally pull that off in the flashes, yeah. 100%.
0: Well, our final news topic of the day is that the Peacemaker series starring John Cena and from James Gunn, I don't know if James Gunn is the showrunner or what, but he did bring the character into the Suicide Squad, and he's for sure producing it because he announced yeah. it. Um, he starting production earlier than scheduled, which will, we think is a testament to the quality of the Suicide Squad. But interesting news there is that Steve Agee, who specifically touted by James Gunn at DC Fandom as the onset King Shark, is also going to be in Peacemaker. So either this is a sequel to the suicide squad and we're confirmed that peacemaker and King shark do not die or they knew each other before the suicide squad happened, which is also possible. But um, yeah, I think that's exciting. Like I said, I think we both agree that this is a testament to the suicide squad probably being very good and everything that everyone's heard is that it's fantastic. And it's James Gunn. So that's not shocking. Um, I love King shark. I think King shark is hilarious um, he's such a silly character. And I really love what they do with him with the Harley Quinn animated series too. So I'd love to see like a really silly King Shark. And the rumor is that Tyke is voicing him, which obviously Tyke is great at voicing these big CG characters. You're just going to get Korg, but he's a shark. Just just think about it though, right? A TV series with John Cena and Taika TV. Yeah, I mean, it, it would be tons of fun. Yeah, he's the silliest thing ever. Yeah. Um, so that, that is exciting. And I hope that that comes out and is great. And is that is a reflection of the Suicide Squad being great? Do you have any other thoughts on
1: uh, this? Um, year's? I mean, well, one, I mean, I, I guess I'm talking about the Flash TV show a lot today. But <laughs> he was also, he was also on the Flash. King uh, Shark? Yeah, he was. That okay. was that was before Harley Quinn. That was, I mean, it was a big. That was my first time hearing of the character, and that was a really like weird thing. Like in the first season, he was just an Easter egg, that they teased, and then in the second season, they actually put him in there, and it was a really big deal. And I think he. I think he comes back like once a season because I think his episodes are really popular. Um He
0: is a flash villain.
1: Yeah. No, he's I mean, he's a more serious character in that. And he's he's like big old like CGI, like kind of obviously a lot shittier than he will look in the movie. Um but CW. still kind of a what? <laughs> I
0: said um, CW. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. Um, but at the same time it's cool. He looks very cool live action. Um he works very well and, and I mean the only thing I have to add is what I already said, basically, which is John Cena type of a TV in the series together. I'm all for it. I would even be – I'd say I'd be even more for it if it's a prequel series and it's, like, at the beginning of the Suicide Squad, um, Peacemaker and King Shark are just, like, a, a team-up group or something, and they just, like – they're both asshole Captain Americas together. That would be great. That'd that would be, be cool. cool. Also, I'm down for whatever James Gunn decides to do, so. Put your face plus, in James Gunn. It's gun.
0: not a – is not a bad plan. Trust in the gun, son of a gun. <laughs> All right, we are going to take our quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about the issues we read this week. Mm-hmm. Come back, everyone, to the ninth episode of the new adventure of Cayman and Spence. We are at the part of the show where we will talk about the issues we read this week. Starting off with the conversation was the conclusion of Batman: The Joker War. There are about two issues past now, but we never officially gave our thoughts on the climatic, climactic ending climax because Kieran doesn't. He takes forever to read comics, unfortunately. So That's slow. He got to Batman 100. So Kieran. Give me your take on the conclusion of the Joker War. I really liked
1: it. I really, really liked it. Um, I think I mean even more exciting than the story itself. I really like Punchline
0: as a character. I really like uh, Clown Hunter as a character. That one shot comes out this week, so we should be able to read it. On yeah, day.
1: yeah. Do we have that
0: reserved? We'll, yeah, we'll figure it out I do. Ones. I do.
1: Um, but no, I mean, I, I. That's that's the biggest thing to come out of it for me on on the story of like. The way Tinian writes Joker, the way Tinian writes Batman, again, is very reminiscent of Talon. Um, It makes sense because it's James Tinian and that's his style. And that was one of his first titles for DC. Um, It's cool. I I don't feel like I fully, because we kind of jumped onto it a little bit later in the process. We had the
0: first issue of it.
1: Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. But that was was like the first time they revealed the Joker was this guy who was like, he was pretending to be someone else for a while. The designer. Yeah, the designer, which I think that's, like, the opening of it. So, it's kind of like we missed the first act. But at the same time, from what we did see, it was cool. It was a really cool premise. Like, Gotham got taken over again, which is a little bit generic. but
0: they, <laughs> When is they, Gotham not taken over? Yeah,
1: exactly. And, like, it was – Tinian did a good job. That's that's basically my overall thought.
0: Yeah. Um, their dark designs is what they're calling the collected of the first part of Tinian's arc. And it's actually, I think, collected, like, this week or last week. So, we can pick it up at some point and catch it. Oh, cool. But – um. Yeah, I thought it was great. Um, we're not going to talk about the Three Jokers finale because you haven't read it yet, but um, I think it stuck the landing way better than that did. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was a nice conclusion. I really liked the Joker at the end where he's like, it's, it was never about winning Gotham. Like, I knew you would take Gotham back. It was about this. It was about proving that I could and that you're like a fraud. And then, you know, it was, it was nicely done, very Jokery, y has a good grasp on those characters. But like you, my takeaway from this whole arc whole seminal event has been punchline um i love that character and i love what they do with her at the ending where she's kind of like i was a victim of the joker and this and it's really funny i liked the scene where harley or joker was in the bar like talking about that he's like oh she's good like she's good at like making herself seem i thought that
1: was that was joker in the bar wasn't it that's what i meant i meant joker
0: yeah yeah um where she's he's like that was that was good and then he killed the or turned the other guy like into the joker to try and like fake his death and it was a good ending. I was hoping that Batman didn't kill the Joker because that has happened just so many times. Well, not Batman or Joker dying or whatever, but um, yeah, I thought it was really good. I don't remember all of it clearly because I read it several weeks ago, but I thought it was I thought it was really well done. I love yeah. where they all go and clean up Gotham where he's kind of like radioing to Barbara and he's radioing oh, yeah. to, to Dick. Um, uh-huh. Dick gets the Nightwing suit back, which is really cool. He's no longer Rick, which was a terrible failure. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, it was I cool. want to read. I honestly
1: want to read the Dick Grayson comic book just out of sheer like morbid curiosity.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but yeah. I thought it was a it was a great finish, and I like I I love like the triple issue, the big ones that you get for because they're like graphic novels. But it was so such a cool cheaper. cover. We had that spreadable cover. It was mm-hmm. great. Yeah, it was really, really quite good. It's on my it's in my box right here. So um, Batman for- One Hundred. Oh, Before
1: we transition, right? One one thing I also want to add though to put my writer's cap on for a second. Um, if it were up to me, one of the one of the things that I thought it made me like it a lot better anyway afterwards, which is I don't know, you I don't think you've read it yet, but the um the Joker war war zone or whatever I have it's
0: not, called, but that is something um, I was talking about was I in this world, like at the word the like they talk about it. And Gotham is like a war zone, and Joker's running everything, and it's just chaos. So I wanted to see that. So when you told me that you picked that up, I was like, "Cool, I can't wait." To I
1: think, that. and and that that did exist too, but it could have been cool just from a storytelling perspective if they did. Um, there was that whole dramatic bit where Batman like. You know, there's the end of one of the issues where it's like, oh no, Batman's dead, right? And then he wakes up in a recovery room and So it,
0: cool with the cape um, and says, I'm Batman.
1: Yeah, that would have been that would have been a perfect excuse to just put an issue out there in between those two to build anticipation and just have it be an anthology issue. Like Warzone. Mm-hmm. If you did Warzone and just put it as part of the regular Batman series. Just Batman getting his this um, like uh his wits back. Yeah, but like Batman's not even in Zones, right? Mm-hmm. It's all about the side characters and stuff. So that would really that was one criticism, not really criticism, but that was one thing that you were saying about it. Um, and about how you wanted to read Warzone was that it was a very personal story to Batman, you didn't really get a sense of what was going on in the greater area of Gotham, and yeah. it's comic books, So, you read the spinoff titles, that makes sense, but at the same time, I would have liked a little bit more of that in the main series,
0: maybe, yeah, be critical. But yeah, I, did... I would agree with that a lot. Um, there's nothing wrong with a personal Batman story, but I think with such a grand scope story, like arc like Joker War, it kind of would have been more engaging if you got to see the effects of the whole world. That's cool that it did a spin-up title. Like you said, that's kind of how comics work. Because mm-hmm. they were having tying issues with Nightwing and Batgirl and stuff. So we just read the main through line of it. But I'm sure when you pick up the collected Joker War, it'll probably have the Nightwing and Batgirl issues in it. Which this incentive for us to pick it up, you bastards at DC. <laughs> Shut up and take my money as that one old uh, old meme has. But yeah i thought it was, it was a good finale um like we've talked about tinny is not reinventing the wheel but he's a lot of fun i think of his batman kind of how i think of ben as a superman where i'm like they're fun little adventures there's some interesting ideas here it's not like white Knight, which I talked about earlier on the show which is like ambitious as all hell with its story mm-hmm. it's it's good it's solid comic book fun
1: it's the ongoing yeah you know? exactly. And what i always what i always think about ongoings is that like you have your lulls and you have your fantastic stories and yeah. stuff. I do think I do. I genuinely. this was solid
0: and very good. Yeah.
1: In my heart of hearts, I do think Tinian is a fantastic writer. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm very biased because he kind of brought me back into comics. Yeah. But um, I think, I, I think even, I don't know what he's produced so far. I think he's pretty, he's pretty new into his Batman run,
0: although he's been writing Batman with Snyder for a very long time. Well, the, um, the first part of his arc was dark design. So this is only like his seconds really. Like, okay, cool. I think he's only had it for, like, 20 he's, issues, maybe.
1: Yeah, he's going to do something great. He was, yeah. like, he was Scott Snyder's protégé. He was born and bred for
0: this. Yeah. Um, well, you haven't ongoing, read... Great. He's doing yeah, it. you haven't read 101 or 102, but Ghostmaker is, like, a new villain they're introducing. That's pretty cool.
1: And the design for Ghostmaker looks yeah. sick. And I liked the um, I liked the way they previewed in issue 100, mm-hmm. um, waiting for, for, for the Ghostmaker to show up. And then also, I... Uh, for our listeners at home, I managed to set up our poll list online, which is a huge upgrade for us. But through doing that, I saw like the upcoming Batman issues that we have um, pre-ordered. And if you've already read 101, this definitely isn't a spoiler. I've read 102, um, I think, as well. Uh 102's not out yet, I don't think. Really? That's the one that's still coming out. Cause I think the I, maybe maybe I'm thinking of 103.
0: I think we're um, 102. I will okay. look, though. Either
1: 102 or 103 on the cover, it's Batman and he's fighting both clown hunter and ghostmaker is his name is that what you said
0: the new guy I believe it's ghostmaker yeah ghostmaker yeah so it's no, clown no we have 102 103 is the clown hunter cover okay which is cool i'm yeah. glad they're doing stuff and on on
1: that level of clown hunter i said the suspenser out offside out off air but um i would i think it would be so cool if they made clown hunter uh the new robin cuz we haven't had like a proper new robin in years you know like when it was damien was that like 2005 ish maybe Something it's been damien like for a while yeah it's been like 15 years of damien um and we had that we had that brief spinoff at one point i think like three four years ago called like we are robin or whatever um i i don't think it was very i didn't read it but i i remember it not getting great reviews that's why i didn't read it because i i, I love robin but you know if it's got bad reviews got bad reviews um clown Hunter would be a great choice that'd be a really really cool choice especially like He's a sick character, first of all. I'm a big fan. I like his more. He's different than the other Robins that we've had before. Uh, Damien is also a killer, but Damien is the is the grandson of Rachel Ghul and like League of Assassins type killer, as opposed to Clown Hunter, who's just like he's kind
0: of he'd be a bit like Jason Todd. I he's a very him? vengeful, like I'm gonna kill all the clowns killer. Yeah, and I, I think, think it's because like, they killed his parents or something, something. They did along this. Okay, yeah. They did. The Joker killed his
1: parents. Very Batman-y origin. Very bad in any origin. And the, and the thing is, like, we had that scene in issue 100, which I loved, where Batman goes in and he talks to Clown Hunter without the mask on. And you have that, like, it's a great scene. And the fact mm-hmm. that Clown Hunter's dialogue is all in lowercase is such a, like, like a teenager, yeah. great detail. That's really great. Um, but yeah, he could, I, I think what they're going to do, my prediction is, I haven't read 101, I haven't read 102. My prediction is that they're going to portray him as an anti-hero simply because he's a kid. Yeah. You know, I think Batman's gonna obviously give him a much lighter run of it because he's a kid, and I feel like he'll become an anti hero by the end. They'll make an alliance. I hope he'll become Robin, that would be really cool. Um, if not, I hope he continues to be a character. I also hope Punchline continues to be a character, it seems like she will be because I've seen a lot of buzz about her online, a yeah. lot of what's being done. So, um,
0: just to give yeah. you a little, a little tease of 101 and 102. Um, uh-huh clown hunter is pretty central to the story um and Ghostmaker has some personal stuff with him as well which is cool
1: oh so, sick yeah he's, he's not going anywhere um <laughs>
0: <Perfect. Love laughs> i'm that. excited for you to read it because you're gonna think it's really cool i thought i thought it was great i actually think like going forward i was like once joker war ended i was like sick like now we get like a fresh start because like you said like we knew what was going on with joker war but we didn't entirely get all the build up we started right when the issue started saying like joker war mm-hmm. um and I, now I feel like I've really got my legs underneath me and I know really where we are in this in this world, um, which is exciting. It's kind of how I felt when we finished the, the Mongol, um, like, War World arc from Bendis. Yeah. Um, I think they call it the United Planets, but it's typically called War World. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, I was like, all right, let's go. Give me some Superman stuff. And that's why I, like, really loved the last Superman issue, the last two. And mm-hmm. I really, really am excited for where Batman's headed, so... Yes, Batman 100 a lot of fun. We'll be back next week with 101 and 102 if you can read
1: on will I mean, I promise I'll make the pledge right now. Scout's honor. <laughs> I will. I will catch up on Batman by next week because I really enjoy Batman. Yes. I
0: want to catch up on it. I and just we'll, keep forgetting. We'll rave about Clown Hunter and Ghostmaker and all that jazz. But a series that we've both managed to stay on top of is uh, Tom King's Strange Adventures, Adam Strange. Uh, Strange Adventures number six came out. And uh, I'm going to say it off the bat, this is my favorite issue so far. It's great. I thought this was terrific. Uh, I love um, Mr. Miracle in it. Or not Mr. Miracle, Mr. Terrific. Um, Mr. Terrific talking with Mrs. Strange. It made me care about Mrs. Strange as a character because so far, like we both liked it, but it's been so ambiguous that it's almost kind of like week to week. I feel like I need to reread the previous issues to really know what's going on. Mm -hmm. This one finally started to let us in on some of the mystery, on some of what actually was going on. And I, I love how they jump in time. It reminds me a lot of I'm sure everyone listening hates when I do this. It reminds me a lot of Man of Steel with the time jumps. And I think that's always a cool linear device
1: mm-hmm.
0: where something happens in the present with Adam Strange and it, it takes him back to the past. Something happens yeah. with Clark in the present it takes him back to the past. Like, I like that. I think it gives you, that way you get the ongoing story and the backstory at the same and time. It's, it's, it's so not just cool. exposition story. It's like, you yeah. get like, just the art style. Exciting. The art style
1: shift also really adds to. That oh, too. the art
0: style yeah. and Adam and Strange Adventures is terrific. It's I love that very humanoid. The guy was definitely inspired by Alex Ross, I think. Very yeah. like realistic and looking. Then, yeah, and then, kind of pastel-y flash- too.
1: The flashbacks are. Um, I'm I'm totally losing his name, but there was that that big DC uh comic artist who passed away a couple years ago, mm-hmm. and he's much more cartoony style because the flashbacks are are all cartoony looking, like like a like a sunday morning adventure cartoon and then the the present day is like gritty reality so it really
0: really works yeah but i thought this issue was was great and i i really like this mr terrific i'd be interested if tom king could do a mr terrific spinoff because yeah i've never given a shit like pardon my French giving a shit about that character at all like he's always I've seen him in Justice League stuff and crossover so I'm like oh that's cool Mm -hmm. he's kind of silly he's got a big T on his chest Mm -hmm. but in this one I'm like oh no he's cool he's like a dude who's like almost like burdened with this knowledge he's got got a T on his face I know like the (laughs) least subtle most comic book thing ever but I really think that I've, I've gotten a really good sense of him from this I'm like oh he's cool he's like like with that I love the scenes where he's like laying in bed at night and the robot's like what's the capital of this country and he's like this and he's like leave me alone like he's burdened with how smart he is and how like the the standard he has to uphold so yeah. it's cool I really I think that's been my big takeaways how much I like that character in this but I've been a big I, I've enjoyed this so far I, like you do and I've said like once it concludes we'll be able to really give thoughts on it because it's just been so ambiguous but like I said, my favorite issue so far because it's given us a little bit of what's actually going on.
1: This is this is good enough that when it's done, if it's run, even though I have all the individual issues, I'll probably buy a volume.
0: Just, just to, to be able it, to have it all. Just to have made. it all in
1: one place. Um, like I know we could physically
0: line up all the issues, but it's it's easier when it's all in one book. No. And like yeah. I don't mind giving my more of my money to comic books. Like It's such a struggling industry right now. Yeah. Specifically, we talked with our comic store that AT&T is kind of not really knowing what to do with the physical production of comic mm-hmm. books right now. Cause mm-hmm. they just purchased Warner brothers and Warner brothers owns DC. So if you're a, if you're a fan of DC comics, I would say like, buy, 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 um, yeah. keep purchasing, keep, make AT&T, uh, convinced that physical comics is still a thing. Um, yeah. that would really, really suck if they all went digital or whatever, just to cut costs. So far, AT&T has been batting a thousand in my book. They greenlit the Snyder cut. They've been all up in APH, HBO max greenlighting different DC projects. So, I have faith in them, but um, if you like if you like physical comics, you specifically like DC comics, I would say don't hesitate right now, support uh, support your DC titles. That's All right. It. We'll jump over to our Marvel issue that we both read this week. Wait, let um, me let me say something else oh, right something say?
1: Um, I well, I just wanted to say on that, this is like it's number six specifically. Um, super, super great dialogue. I don't think I think very rarely in my life have I read or have I read something, definitely, but have I like seen something that engages me that much through just dialogue. Like the visual is just them walking in the snow and they change locations a few times, but the conversations they're having are so real. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the character, Mrs. Strange, um, was not, like, I, I don't think you were supposed to be, but I, I was not a fan of her. I didn't trust her even a little bit. I don't think you're it's supposed to. Efficient. I think
0: you're supposed to be skeptical of her and Adam. That's kind of like yeah. the idea of the story. But, like, Tom King is such
1: a freaking good writer. Mm-hmm. Like, are you kidding me? The fact that they're able to—he's able to turn it around in one issue that I totally hated her. Like, not hated her, but I was like, she's up to some shit. She's manipulating Adam, like that kind of thing, right? And then right. in one issue, he's able to make—I don't know what her intentions are, right? But she's so likable. The way they're talking, they're talking about trauma. It seems such, like such a real conversation, despite the fact that they're both superheroes in this in this really strange situation. Um, it just comes across as like fantastic execution yeah and just you know there's no there's no shortcuts taken it's kind of really like it's good work it's just good work basically no no
0: notes (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh it's gonna be exciting to see where it really goes with the conclusion that's something i'm looking forward to um but over to the marvel train the one marvel issue we know we we also read daredevil we'll talk about daredevil after this we both read the spider-man daredevil Mm. issue but um this is something that I've been excited for for months because I, I. if you guys are familiar with who John Schnepp is, um, he hosted Collider Heroes. He directed a lot, he invented, created Metalocalypse, which is a really funny, an old swim show. Uh, he directed uh, a bunch of different stuff, but a really famous documentary about the Tim Burton Superman Lives film that fell apart called The Death of Superman Lives What Happened. It's really interesting. Um, Nick Cage was supposed to be Superman. It was going to be crazy. And he does a great job deep diving into that. But John Schnapp was a very famous like content creator in the nerd community who tragically died many, many years ago, but was very influential in my youth. And I have this, I can't show it because the mic stand, but I have a tattoo because of him. Anyways, he always talked about like the Marvel monsters and these old runs of these, these crazy Marvel characters. So we were flipping through, I think it was probably Deadpool. And I saw an ad that they were relaunching Werewolf by Night, which hadn't been written in years, like 20 plus years And I was like, oh, I'm reading that for sure. And then little by little, I got more information that it was co-written by the guy from Black Eyed Peas Taboo who has Native American ancestry. And they're fully like retelling it pretty much like Jacob from Twilight if it wasn't terrible. And I love the Twilight movies, but for all the wrong reasons. Um, But it's like this Native American lineage and some people have the gene to become the werewolf. And so Werewolf by Night number one came out in October and we haven't talked about it yet because we both just had to catch up and whatnot. I thought this was terrific i loved it it was so cool i i mean i like i said at top of the show i'm a horror movie nut so just getting some some monstery characters was really cool and, and i just remember i started i was like really excited like i had talked about it for months how excited it was to read this um and i and i flipped open to it and the first couple of pages i was like okay yeah there's like a weird military raid going on or these these are like criminals or whatever and then like the splash page and it's literally just this monster werewolf and i was like oh This is going to be sick. This is my favorite Marvel title we're reading right now. This first issue, like, I fell in love with. I loved it so much. Um, There's not too much story. Um, It seems like that his dad, like, disappeared. And there's, like, a mysterious guy who looks like he's of Native American ancestry working for, like, this weird government agency who I suspect is probably his dad. I think that's what's implied. Oh, That's at least how I read it. I could be wrong. But I implied that he's also a werewolf, and they're probably going to fight at the end of this run. Mm -hmm. um um, that that i can see coming yeah i really love the ending because like it's a first issue it's kind of just world building and giving you some cool werewolf fight scenes that are awesome but i really loved the like epilogue written by taboo who's the guy black and bees and the other writers with him he's talking about how like he was so excited to really bring a, a native american hero to life and marvel like marvel studios specifically like if you're gonna do a werewolf by night movie like And this run ends up being great, which I love this first issue. This is the way to do it. Like, diversity and everything. Like, this would be the way to do it. This is such a great reimagining of that character. And like I said, it's basically Jacob from Twilight, but way more cool and not silly and, like, kind of takes itself fairly serious. Like, it's fun. And they're definitely, like, he's a teenager. But I think his name is Jack. I could be wrong. I can't believe I don't remember his name. I read it weeks ago. But um, I love, love, love this. And I'm super stoked for the second issue. Yeah. I really, I mean, I,
1: I really liked it too. I, I think it's it's cool. It's like horror. It's Area Fifty One meets werewolf element, yeah, sort of, middle um, of the desert,
0: in our Native American reservation. Excuse me.
1: Yeah, and like the Marvel universe in terms of superheroes, you have your you have your Avengers class. You have your mythology heroes, right? Like you have Thor. You have Hercules. You have all these people from stuff. Um, not much horror kind of base powers. That's a cool concept. They don't really explore that. Yeah. All. Um, that's what really stuck out to me about it. I also really, really liked the uh the guy that you think is gonna be his dad. Um, I thought that bit in the car was really cool. I thought yeah. that there, like the two of them were driving and it was kind of there was a little bit of a vibe of like A CAB to it where the Native American guy was like, I don't trust these people, but I'm working mm-hmm. with them. Um, cool. Like I I I'm 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 really down. And also like on the on the thing of uh indigenous voices and stuff, um, we haven't pulled. I think it's coming out this week actually. Um, but Marvel are making a lot more efforts with that. What's releasing this week, I think it's called like Marvel Voices, Indigenous People, Number One. And it's like a, co- it's an anthology of a bunch of short stories of, about superhero, the, the Native American superheroes in the Marvel universe, mm-hmm. written by Native American writers and artists.
0: That's awesome. Um, That's really cool so awesome. Yeah,
1: it's really cool. We're, we're getting representation and uh, I want to support that, definitely. Yeah.
0: But um, if you are, have not, heard about this run or you saw it, it was like that could be interesting high recommend my favorite marvel title we're currently reading i would definitely check that out for sure um but let's uh let's hop over to the daredevil issue this week um which is uh him and spider-man matt matt murdoch is still being charged for the murder of someone we, we started kind of we started with the annual so we're a little bit lost but we know enough to piece it together and figure out where the story is going from here mm-hmm. um I really liked the ending of this. Yeah, me too. Um, where Peter was like, we haven't, like, talked in a while. Like, we, it was just very funny. It was, like, that mm-hmm. awkward, like, like, I'm going to help you because we're both Avengers, but also, like, we're not really friends, are we? And then they yeah. hugged, and it was very, like, paternal. <laughs> Spoiler alert. But it was, it was kind of adorable. Like, it was it a was really well-written Peter. I really liked Peter in it a lot. Do um, you, you want me to tell you something? Yeah. The reason for that is because
1: Chip Starsky wrote Spider-Man a lot. The guy, ah, the guy who it, hes hes written I'd Daredevil. To
0: read that.
1: Yeah, he's written Daredevil for a while now. He wrote this—he uh, wrote this series. Or first of all, he wrote Spider-Man in Howard the Duck because Spider-Man shows up in Howard the Duck. I know he wrote Howard the Duck, which yeah. is awesome. And then through that, which is a very good series that I have not read, but it's got so much acclaim behind it. From his series being so good with that, they gave him his own Spider-Man title, and it's—it's it's, its own thing. It's like a mini-series. It's not mm. a—it's not an ongoing. Um so we can I I would absolutely get a copy of that and you can read it for Heck sure. Yeah, um, man. But yeah, Chip Zdarsky's incredible writer. And like mm. you said, we're not totally caught up. I'm mainly excited to get to the next arc. Um so I can be in on what's happening and catch up. Um yeah. but I also really at the end of it, I like the Spider-Man stuff because of course I'm gonna like the Spider-Man stuff. It's great. Um <laughs> Well, at the very end of the episode, uh, they kind of bring back that thing from the annual with uh, Mike Murdoch, his
0: yeah, his where they he walks in and like he's totally impersonating him. I was like, oh, there it is. That was yeah, waiting for them to yeah. bring it back because they didn't in the previous issue, and I, that was a great cliffhanger. It's a really
1: cool way to bring it back, and I was I'm like, really oh, excited. I'm Vera. excited. Yeah, and kind of kind of like what we were saying about Tinian's Batman run <laughs> about how like Joker Wars has now set up punchline and clown hunter and ghost maker mm-hmm. this arc of daredevil is now setting up mike Murdoch as being i feel like he's going to be some threat in the future considering that yeah. the entire annual was about him i feel like he's going to be pretty central to the
0: plot. he's going to be a big event i think yeah
1: and that's so. a cool idea yeah. i don't like i, I want to I, I might want to pick up some back issues about his origin about like the whole cloning thing it very um, much reminded
0: me of like ben riley and like the spider-man like clone saga yeah um, and all that yeah. so I mentioned if they end up bringing it around. Yeah, I
1: I have a collected edition of the Clone Saga. Mm-hmm. I've read the Clone Saga. Um, this is far better. Okay.
0: <laughs> yeah, I just it's... I never read it. I just know what it
1: is. No, it's, I love Ben Riley. I yeah. have a I I won't move my computer, but I have a Ben Riley poster up on my wall. I really mm-hmm. like Ben Riley. Um, but yeah, no, the, the, those those comics are famously like not the best. Um, yeah. but Chip cool Star's story, but really really good.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I thought I thought Daredevil was cool. I'm, I'm excited to see where this goes. Obviously great cliffhanger. I love the the splash page of Kingpin just killing that dude. Mm. Just like smashing his face and I was like, yep, yeah, that's that's classic Kingpin just being huge. Um <laughs> that, was, that was cool. It was violent as as hell for a main title. I was very surprised. Um, yeah. That's Daredevil's whole shtick though. Yeah, he's very like the the gritty, the the dirty kind of Avenger. I honestly Avenger. Even just from us talking about this right now, I
1: think I'm going to go to the store and get some Daredevil Chip Starsky. I might start with volume one and catch up Um, because he's been doing it for a while. Mm -hmm. And I I read for one of my other classes uh, or for one of my comic class I took like two years ago, um, we were actually assigned one of his issues from this Daredevil run. Oh, really? It's it's like an entirely dialogue-based one and it's about a reporter friend of his, Ben, who's in the first season of the TV show um and he's it's kind of his deliberation in his head his moral questioning about whether or not because he knows daredevil's identity whether or not he should tell anyone that and yeah. what's the real side of justice even though he doesn't entirely agree with the way that daredevil goes about things mm-hmm. um, he agrees with the results so it's cool because chip Sarsky started as a comedy writer but he's also really good at drama he's just a really talented dude Yes, um, that he is. Yeah, so I'm so I, I might be back on that. That's how much I like this issue. That's how much I like the Daredevil run.
0: Yeah. Um, it was sweet. I
1: want I want to read more. Yeah.
0: Um all right, we will wrap up the show with wait, um wait really,
1: wait really fast. What well, wait, wait are you saying the closing statement? I was
0: segueing in the Skull Digger and Skeleton Boy.
1: Oh my bad. Okay, my bad. Do do that and then I got something after that.
0: Okay. Yeah. I was going to say we'll, we'll uh, our final issue we will talk about maybe <laughs> barring what you have to say is uh Skulderg and Skeleton Boy number five, the second to last issue of this mini series from Jeff Lemire and Dark Horse. Um, we don't know anything else about the Black Hammer universe, but we're both enticed to read it because we like this a lot. Um, you talked about this last week and our last episode, and you said this was kind of disappointing. And and I, when I finished it a couple of days ago, I like walked into your room and I was like, I couldn't disagree more. I thought this was great. Um, it yeah. really was the first time we really understood. Um, her, she's not Montoya from DC, but like she might as well be. Um, <laughs> she's basically the same character. Yeah. So we we got a feel of her and I really liked the scene. It was just a very character piece issue with her and Skeleton Boy sitting in the car and kind of her getting through to him and like he's breaking down. because he's, You know, he's joined Skulldigger and thinks Skulldigger is the answer, but I think the point of this comic is he's not. He's kind of like, he's like a bad Batman. Yeah. Um, and this kid is like drawn to him because he just has so many like unresolved feelings about everything and seeing him kind of break down and realize like what he's become was really cool, especially for like a child. Like it was just a really that kind of powerful scene and, and very interesting. And then of course the the cliffhanger, spoiler alert of Grim Jim showing up and saying like the boy is like rightfully mine and that's obviously what's going to come down to skulldigger saving i think skulldigger is going to kill grim jim die in the process that's my prediction for the ending and skeleton boy will live on it'll be a cliffhanger where he puts on the mask and he's like i have to keep this city safe or something silly like that and that's how we're going to end but i really like this issue quite a bit um i don't know you obviously only read it the one time but uh you you still didn't have great opinions on it.
1: Well, you're 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 selling me a bit on it because I did <laughs> I did I did like those scenes. I did mm-hmm. like the dialogue and the conversation between basically Montoya and uh, Skeleton Boy. Um, Make but, that a quote, basically Montoya. Yeah, but my uh, my I guess my one complaint with it, I, I said this last week, and now that you've read it, you can you can address it, right? The cover has the Skulldigger bike on it, right?
0: Yeah. Kind of,
1: we kind the problem I had was that we had this crazy twist at the end of last end, of the last issue where Skulldigger is shot in the chest, Grim Jim is shot in the head, and she flees with the with with Skeleton Boy, right? And then in this issue, we have them in the car, and then like, oh, Skulldigger's fine. Oh, Grim. yeah, I did
0: think that was stupid, and I was kind of like, kind
1: of yeah, very of I was like, what was the point of last week? You know, if if they're just alive again this week, it's That's not true. That it was it's not that it was unpredictable, but I kind of just wanted there to be a little bit more of a, um, I, I'm 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 struggling to think of a word, but like more, I wanted what happened last time around to carry on more. Like at yeah. least have Skulldigger be like injured or Grim Jim be injured or something. Like they kind of shot his arm out or something. Grim Jim could have been one armed That would have been cool or something like that. That was just an idea I came up with in my head just now. But, um, and the, so there's that. And there's also on the cover of it, It's got the bike, right? Which is sick. It's like, cool. We're going to get some cool shit with the bike this issue. And there's going to be like some fucking bike scenes happening. It's going to be great. But it's just a mode of transportation. Yeah. Basically, they have have everyone in the butcher shop. And then they leave in the car. And then they have everyone by the car. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just everybody shifting from one location to the other location. That's what it felt. I mean, there was cool dialogue. There was cool thoughts but my 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 problem was in just the logistical like placing and like it just seemed like a little bit of filler to me yeah um i'm excited for six i'm still very excited for six but the comparison as soon as i read it the first thing i thought to myself was i was like this is like the half world prince mm. you know where it's like
0: coincidentally six. number oh no half prince is six i was gonna say that'd be crazy but uh, yeah five. <laughs> um but yeah,
1: like I, I I had I had an argument with a friend of mine earlier this week about about the half blood prince because she really likes it and I'm like meh. But uh yeah, it um, kind
0: of sucks. Yeah, it's, 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 it's necessary,
1: but it's, it's Harry Potter, it's necessary. It's got cool scenes in it, but overall it's more kind of just the transition piece to the final chapter, right? And as great as some elements of the Digger issue were, um that was still something that kind of ran across to me. It was just a way of transporting the characters from one location to the other location in a way that was pretty cool, but I, I still couldn't help but see through it. Yeah, yeah totally, totally. Yeah. I still love the series though. And I'm still, I'm still very much wanting. to I just saw an ad on my, on my Twitter a second ago for uh, the Black Hammer Collected Edition. So I probably will buy that. So I was gonna say it, that'll probably be in one of them.: There's a the library products. edition. It's a pretty big, chunky boy. Um, some week, probably not in a little while because I probably don't have enough money right now. Mm. but when i do have the money to do so i i'll probably buy that because there i do go. like Jeff for a lot i think he does a great job
0: all right there you have it uh i'm a big fan of it you thought it was okay a little fillery but uh both excited for the conclusion to school digger and skeleton boy now what did you have to say to um segue us out? just a,
1: a thing a thing we haven't really done before and i'm only kind of saying this because i have one in mind um mm. but like upcoming titles we're excited about you know like new number ones that are coming out soon, like a kind of preview type thing. I' okay. done that a whole lot. So I, the, one, the one that comes to mind for me is Red Hood, the new, mm. the new uh, start to Red Hood that's coming. Like it's, it's a number, I think it's issue 51. I believe that Scott Lobdell has been writing Red Hood since 2010, essentially. Um, yeah, basically. Like he has, he basically has not quit. Like he has consistently written Red Hood since 2010. I was doing that math in my head but that's 100% correct. It's a long ass time um he is a very controversial writer i love i have it here somewhere i love his first his first go at it right his first volume is really good but also i've read this volume probably like 5 or 6 times um mm-hmm. in in since i bought it like 10 years ago but i think that i've only started to realize now the part, the thing i really like about it is the art and the design and not as much scott lob's actual writing um sure because I noticed that later on when the art got worse, I was all of a sudden like far less interested in the title um, because it changed artists a lot, to be fair. But, yeah, so now, finally, even though Scott Lobdell's been getting hate for years, and I liked Red Hood Outlaw as well, I'm going to say that too, but um, they're changing. They're changing writers. It seems like they're going a whole different direction. Um, Red Hood is a white character, but it seems like... They're going more for diversity. His new, Mm -hmm. um, the on the cover of of the new title, um, his new, I guess, lead uh, co-star. His new co-star is a black woman. Very cool. It's got an all black creative team, from what I understand, from what I've read online. Um, Again, more like diversity inclusion kind of stuff, and I think that's cool because Red Hood is a character who kills criminals, right? And but the reason the criminals are criminals is because of systemic issues. And so he's a character that might not age that well. And so I like that they're getting ahead of that now and kind of expanding that ideal. And I want, I want a Red Hood title that goes more into the philosophy and the, um, like, like that, like uh, basically Montoya and Skeleton Boy chatting in the car, right? I want that conversation. Mm-hmm. I want to go to a deeper level than just the kind of pulpy action that Scott Lobdell was doing. And it seems like it's going that way, fingers crossed. And also the Red Hood outlaw suit is still going to be worn, so that's obviously very exciting because I love that suit. Yeah. Um. So that that that's my one. I'm putting you on the spot here. So if you don't have anything, that's chill. But.
0: Uh no I do I mean we talked about it earlier on the show but punchline I'm excited for mm. that one shot that's coming out I think like Wednesday we can get it um, which is two days from now we're recording on a Monday uh I'm also really excited for um this this new this big event this big Justice League event that they've been teasing for months mm. called Endless Winter um I'm excited to see what that is and i'm gonna go on our online list and just kind of reserve all the separate issues because there's like a flash a superman a black adam um, yeah that are all kind of tying like yeah there's a black adam interesting Endless winter and then there's like three main justice league ones um, yeah so i'm excited to pick that up i'm also really excited for um the tales of the dark martybular dark multiverse the wonder woman war of the gods um, i'm excited just for a weird wonder woman story mm-hmm. that's cool and then you can't see if there's a poster on my wall for a. Uh, Black and label thing that we missed called Wonder Woman Dead Earth, which is basically Wonder Woman wakes up and like an apocalypse. Mm-hmm. And like there's supposed to be like dinosaurs. She looks like a caveman. Oh, so I'm cool. really excited yeah. for that collected edition that comes out in December. But that issue, those issues are already gone. So if you read that, good on you. We missed it by a hair. Yeah. So Punchline, I'm excited for Endless Winter to read all those different issues. Um, and maybe if they're good, we jump into like a series like The Flash or something that is good because of it. um yeah. And then I'm excited for that collected edition of Wonder Woman Dead Earth. But yes, those are mine. You said yours. With that, we are out of time and out of topics. Thank you so much for listening to The New Adventures of k and Spence. If you liked the show, you can check us out at anchor.fm slash The New Adventures of K-Man and Spence. And also follow us on Instagram at DPN Comics. Comics spelled like C-O-M-I-C-S with D-P-N preceding it. Um, you can tell a friend about our show and help us grow our small community of comic fanatics through that Instagram page, through our anchor, through whatever you want to do. Five stars, two thumbs up, a Eisner Award, whatever you feel is necessary to help us grow. Um, Eisner Award. Yeah. Again, thank you for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week. Writing and producing this episode of The New Adventures of Cayman and Spence was done by myself, Spencer Bennett, and my co-host, Kieran Collins. Editing was done by Spencer Bennett. Our logo was created by Spencer Bennett. My music was composed by Brandon LaBelle. The show is a proud participant in the Deconstructed Podcast Network with the newly relaunched Maybe You Should Care political discussion, which is, of course, very right now because of the election this week um the disney deconstructed podcast which is still on hiatus because disney did a lot of sad things and we're just waiting until that clears up to do our 50th episode and celebrate disney once again uh unofficial experts with Preston and more season two is starting soon and uh yeah that wraps and of course came in and Spence, what you're listening to right now but uh link is in the description for the podcast network thank you again for listening and we'll
1: see you next week